When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Celebrate this July 4th with a special presentation of A Capital Fourth. Join your host, Vanessa Williams, with performances from Sea to Shining Sea, starring Jimmy Buffett, Gladys Knight, Alan Jackson, Cynthia Erivo, Pentatonix, Renee Fleming, Train, Jennifer Nettles, Mickey Guyton, Jimmy Allen, Ali'i Cravalho, Laura Osnes, Ali Stroker, and the greatest live fireworks display in the USA. It's A Capital Fourth, sponsored by the Boeing Company and American Airlines, Sunday, July 4th, 8, 7 Central. Only on PBS. <laughs> the fuck is this? It's so bad. What? It's <laughs> 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 a fucking duck. <laughs> <laughs> it goes full Randy Newman in a second. Wait for it. Like, it's insane. Listen. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Toy Story is both. Er, er. <laughs> I just keep thinking of it. Hello, my name is Dave Hanratty, and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 193. 193? Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been uh, quite a ride, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Shame to end it on 193, yeah. but here we go. Uh, let's just dive the fuck in. It's a music podcast, guys. Yes. Uh, this week on the show, we're not reviewing an album. We'll explain why. Uh, there was nothing that caught our fancy. You're too much of a coward to interview <laughs> to, to review the new Westlife album. Uh, I would happily interview him. Uh, I interviewed so Marcus I, yeah. previously, and he's a lovely bloke. And I think the only one that can really sing, but maybe that's a controversial bit. That is controversial. Would you say um, that to them, to their faces, would you? Uh, I don't know if don't I would. don't think so. No, I'm quite the diplomat. Um, yeah, there was very little out. I suggested Tinder Sticks, you know, critically lauded, um, consistent band. Would have been good listening. You didn't fancy it, so you suggested Westlife. I did suggest Westlife. I think I said life was too short. But I figured, like, it would be their first album in, what, 12 years or something? And I figured that, like, could be a good state of pop music debate. Do they have anything in them? 
it's yada yada. It's just a bunch of Ed Sheeran songs. I can't. There's they've no artistic merit. <laughs> well, I mean, selfish. I was I was willing to have that conversation on a twenty minute scale, but instead we're just not doing an album because we couldn't agree on one. Well, do you know what? It's also that time of the year. It is. There's not and a lot happening. By about Tuesday, I was I was very relieved we weren't doing an album. It's like it's nice to feel. I've I've kind of a lightness about me. Do you? It's uh, nice to no. drop the segment. No, you don't. I, I don't at all. No, I'm having a horrific week oh, okay. in a horrific month. Well, would so, a Westlife album have helped? Who knows? Or... I mean, maybe it did. maybe you denied me that therapeutic pleasure. Oh, I'm sorry. Bonnie Prince Billy was another option, as was an hour and a half long DJ Shadow record. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like no. I feel like DJ Shadow might have lost his touch slightly. We're also getting to that stage where like. Stormzy and Harry Styles are both releasing albums on the 13th of December, which might be too late because you always get oh, that moment. will be too late, right? Well, you get that cutoff moment, don't you? I mean, like, and with the show, I mean, like, yes, it is coming up to Listmas, which I'm, of course, looking forward to. We will do end of year stuff, as yeah. we always do. We'll do our top songs and our top albums. We'll have that debate. Uh, end of the yeah. decade as well. Uh, we're not going to do that. No, we're not. We're going to wait. We're going to do maybe something that's interesting. That's just too around. much work to, to, to take on. So I'm kind of at, I'm, I'm I'm kind of new albumed out to a degree, but I will say that um, there is a new album out today as of this podcast dropping. It's by Maya Sophia, mm. Irish singer songwriter. If you're not familiar, it's excellent. The album's called Bath Time. I highly recommend really it. And next, and you're week, a fan of Bath Time in general, as we know from as previous we know, episodes. Yeah, listen, I haven't had a bath in a very long time. I don't know why you keep shaming me on this issue. <laughs> There's no shame whatsoever. Do, so anyway, do you if you want if you want to listen to an album in the bath, make it Bath Time by Maya Sophia. There's my Tesco ad for you there. Very good. Reason I mention this, not just because it's a good record and you should check it out, is because we have just recorded a chat with Maya, which will air on next week's episode. Yeah, very enjoyable chat. It is too. Why isn't it airing on this week's episode? Because we've got another interview. Oh, no We're way. spoiling people. You yeah. sat down with the one and only Richie Egan. Uh, Japes album's out now. I still have to get properly around to it. I've given it like two background office spins and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, but, yeah Sentinel is the name of that record. And myself and Richard Egan held court in the library bar in Dublin. So you get to hear like the traditional sounds of tea being made and people walking around sometimes. Nice. Chat to him for roughly half an hour. That's coming up later in the show. I enjoyed it. Uh, apart from that... Uh, I said there'd be a new episode of No Popcorn out by now, or a movies and music offshoot on Inside Lewin Davis, but there was a bit of a bit of a kerfuffle where I got the audio back and everything sounded like it was being processed through an electrical wire that was live or something. All the voices sounded fucked up, basically. And so I was like, phenomenal! This month is just continuing to take from me. It's gone. It's not working, is it? However, there was a backup, and our trusty Sonic Architect Eve... Saved it, man. She performed life-saving surgery. And so, that episode of No Popcorn will air in a few days. Nice. So there you go. Popcorn has popped. Craig, you went to a gig? Yeah, I went to Mountain Goats um, yesterday. Or two days ago, if you're listening to this on Friday. It's very strange. In the Button Factory. Um, yeah, so do you, are you kind of au fait with the Mountain Goats They're a band oeuvre? I do not like. Whatsoever. Is it the kind of singular delivery of John Darnielle? He's kind of an acquired taste, I feel, yeah? It's too twee for me, mate. It's quite literate, interesting, reflective music. Do you know what? I went on account of the fact that a um, friend of the show, um, Carlo Maliocco, is a huge Mountain Goats fan. And he said, come on, let's go along to this. Um, he was kind of uh, evangelizing about them for a while. And I think they might have clicked properly for me. Because, like, seeing your man John Darnielle... I was not aware of kind of qu- quite what a showman he is. Like, he's quite an engaging presence. He's a really good kind of storyteller. He's funny as feck. He's like a kind of bookish Springsteen. Like, it's a really good value show. And I think the songs made a lot of sense for having seen them. 
So I would recommend you go and visit. Uh, visit. Go and see them next time you're in town. <laughs> I won't. So, <laughs> yeah, a good value show sounds like you've just come from a concert in the 60s. Well, no, it was like, a, <laughs> it was past 11 and he's like, is there a curfew in this place? And they're like, a oh, soft curfew. He's like, well, I'm going to do like a longer encore. And he kept playing. And then he was having like the time of his life. He was like bopping around. People were kind of, Leaving. you know, you know that moment when everyone's just like, okay, the transport in Dublin is shit. I've got a bus to catch, uh-huh. right? So people are kind of starting to leave and he's like, I'll just do another couple. And <laughs> someone from the button factory came out side of stage and started talking to him. And we, as we were looking at him, he's kind of just going, I'll just do two more. And they're like, no, no, this isn't happening. Right. So he's had like this triumphant gig where people are losing their minds. They're like, fans of Mountain Goats by all accounts are hardcore fans, right? If it clicks with you and you don't mind the twee, they're, you're all in, right? So rapturously received. At this point, people start booing. Now, they're obviously booing, like, the button factory, although it wasn't really their fault. But it just comes across, like, a really sour note to end on. Wow. Finally, the woman comes back out and she's like, okay, you can do one more. And I was so relieved because it would have just been a terrible, quite embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing explosions in the sky before. They don't do encores. And people were chanting, like, one more tune and then people started booing. And it was like, it's a really, yeah. No, the gig that you're going to... <laughs> They also played for about an hour and 20 minutes straight of exceptional, really energetic and like putting yourself into a committing to this kind of post-rock music that they play. And then like for some fucking prick to boo them because you can go one more soon. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck off. Um, by and large, I, I did enjoy the crowd, though. There was some good. One of my favorite heckles, I think maybe of all time, um, was at one point he was talking about a song and he's like, you'll be surprised to hear that this is a metaphor for a failed relationship. And someone just shouted up, what's a metaphor? Which I thought was good. Is that good? Yeah. It's what's not... a metaphor? It's a great heckle. It's not as good as the Animal Collective heckle I, I experienced. What was it? Oh, yeah. When go they on, were go playing the, the most listener. sludgy nothing gig <laughs> ever off the back of Meriwether Post Pavilion which has some thrust to it yeah. and they just played like meandering nothing for so long and it was incredibly dull and about like 45 minutes in one patron could take no more and shouted out play something with a beat or like play something with a fucking beat or something yeah. and <laughs> it was like good. yeah I don't really approve of this but at the same time man's got a point yeah oh during the um, encore he was kind of debating whether to play a song and he was like I don't think it's a non-core song and he was kind of like dittering slightly <laughs> some lady just <laughs> Some lady just it was really good. Some lady just goes, follow your heart in a really earnest way. That's how I'm going to be living my life in twenty twenty, following my heart. Not quite a heckle, but also in the same venue in the Button Factory when I saw a Wolf Parade play there last time, okay. last year, but a year and a half ago, whatever it was. I remember very specifically a lady from the Young Hearts Run Free Collective was on stage to introduce them because she's friends with the band. And in doing so, she was like, by the way, um, all proceeds or a portion of uh, proceeds from merch sales tonight will go towards helping the homeless in Dublin. And it was that wonderful split second before like applause was going to happen. And one bloke below me, because I was on the balcony, just goes... <laughs> brilliant and then it was like like hey no, I, I don't think he was being sarky i think he was just like it was just that that perfect yeah, moment yeah, of like yeah. he didn't think he didn't expect his voice to like fucking be like the one thing that everyone brilliant oh it, the exact same thing happened to us when we went to see mission possible fallout when that scene happened remember yeah guys in behind us brilliant yeah just the deadpan (laughs) so dry and perfect moment yeah Um, not the kind of subtlety that you get with like say motley crew for example as we uh, let's barrel into the news leg it into the news section now previously on the show i think we've given motley crew a fair shake i distinctly remember us almost praising them 
for the stance they took in um, splitting company, right? I remember none of this. Yeah, so I think we've... It might have been mainly me, but um, we'll all remember a couple of years ago, Motley Crue um, basically said, okay, we're part of company, we're calling it a day, we don't want to become an embarrassment, because, you know, they hadn't already. Um, so they had this, like, cessation of touring um, agreement. They did up a contract that basically said, we can never be a band again, uh, to prove they really meant it. They're reuniting. <laughs> Great. I'm so happy. I, this is clearly off the back of that Netflix movie that, that didn't do anything. Yeah, but it's like there's a bit of a gap, right? I feel like they've missed their window. Um, I don't know. Molly Crew have confirmed their plans to reunite for a tour, having previously fueled rumours by sharing a petition for them to do so. They haven't performed together since um, late December 2015, um, the last date of their farewell tour. Uh, yeah, they signed this agreement. Now, however, the band have shared a video of them doing away with that agreement by quite literally blowing it up. <laughs> it's, of course, narrated by Machine Gordon Kelly, who apparently did uh, the Dirt um, narration as well. He Says, played Tommy Lee in the movie. Oh, really? And okay. to be fair, he wasn't bad. It's just a bad... It's a gross film. As yeah, they're a gross band. They're horrific. They should horrific all be in fucking people. prison. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're scumbags. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I, the best thing you could say about them is hopefully they're reformed scumbags. Um, but they're McMahon's, reformed as a band. Apparently yeah. McMahon's wasn't the worst of them. Actually, yeah, he was a quiet kind of like... The older guy um, who was like Cerebral. Had, yeah. a bad, had a bad back. Yeah, yeah. So it's McMahon's, a, you're okay. The other three, whoever can hang. <laughs> <laughs> From the neck until dead. <laughs> um, yeah, there was some petition going around, which I'm going to guess they started themselves because they have no shame. And they've confirmed that they're actually getting back together. It's looking like it's going to be one of these, um, like, three bands for the Price of One tour maybe next year. Oh, yeah. Like the kind of Weezer, Fall Out Boy, Green, uh, Day. Green Day thing. So who, like... You need to have Sebastian think- back in there for sure. Skid Row. Yeah, you know? Skid Row. Poison maybe? Sure, yeah. Why not? It's going to be like the fucking hairspray and herpes There's tour. There's <laughs> not a chance I would go. Do you know what I want to go to, though? And I'm actually trying to go to this. Go it was announced last weekend. I couldn't <gasps> believe oh, it. Oh, yes. I'm very excited for you. Slipknot are doing a <laughs> four-day cruise. Slipknot have sold out. They're doing a cruise. Uh, Kid Rock, of course, does these things. Chris Jericho has done these yeah, things. Yeah, I think I think once the motorboat uh, happened, right? Motorheads, like Lemmy's <laughs> fronted motorboat, which is a great thing. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> once that happened, the floodgates opened. So Slipknot are doing Knotfest at Sea. So Knotfest is the name of a festival that they do sometimes, uh, which they headline, of course, and mm. usually have a few other metal bands on the bill. They're taking this to the high seas, Greg. Uh, off the coast of Barcelona, so I wouldn't even have to go that far. Yeah. It's four days. They're I'm playing, trying to imagine the scene. They're like, playing two sets during this. And, you know, tickets are like... Oof. And are they like chilling on deck in between? Or are they know. like applying the sun? I have no <laughs> idea. I, I looked it up and it's like tickets are like... I think they're starting... Because you have to buy a cabin, like, you know? So the starting ticket, I think, is like a grand. And oh, yeah. It goes so. up to about 1,600 euro. So I've, of course, already emailed the PR being like... See if there's I, any media can space. Can I please go? Yeah. Dude, this isn't, uh, this isn't like no frivolity. I need to go. This is like my fucking Pulitzer. <laughs> There's that incredible piece. And if everyone is listening to the show can do one thing for me. Uh, well, do more than one thing for me. Uh, tell people about this show. Then go and read uh, Kid Rock GQ, Kid Rock Cruise. Drew McGarry in 2013 went on the cruise and wrote a very lengthy piece on it. And I kind of, that was like the inspiration for me for the picture this thing I did this year when I went five yeah. times in a row. And if I was to go on the cruise again, this would be like my North Star. It's a wonderful piece of music journalism, the type of stuff that doesn't come along very often. And for me, as a fan of Slipknot, yes, I want to go to this for the crack. But also I'm looking at this as like, 
I could write. I mean, I could write something incredible here. Yeah, I, know I could. I don't know if they have the inherent ridiculous. Well, they quite frankly don't of a kid rock, which was kind of part That's of the. the yeah, who knows? You know, I think just seeing like the fan base in that setting trapped would be at incredible. sea with like the, the, yeah, like we talked about the Bell and Sebastian cruise. Um, yeah, yeah. This year was it earlier this year. There was a Guardian piece on that, and it was it was quite polite and grand. But it, that was another weird one. So pricey as well. I don't know. Yeah, it's a lot of money. A lot of money. Also, if you want to go to Glastonbury. Yeah, so Paul McCartney's been confirmed as the headliner I think that's uh, week. for 2020. Yeah, headliner. I mean, I can, I can see what they're going for because it's like the 50th anniversary, so it's, you know, it's like... I think he should be doing the, the legend one. slot on the Sunday. And I say that with no disrespect. Colin Minogue's done it, Dolly Parton's done it, Kenny Rogers has done it. It's yeah. like a cult thing now on the Sunday. It draws one of the biggest crowds of the weekend in the afternoon. Is that going to be Diana Ross's slot this year? Perhaps, I, think? Yeah. I don't know. I think Paul McCartney as a top-line headliner is weak. And you know what you're going to get. Like, he's also... Like, fair play to him. I kind of admire the fact he just keeps touring. Like, clearly it's his, you know... It's his passion. It's what it's he's been doing for the last... Greg. Yeah. But his voice is kind of going, I hate to say. I don't know if he's quite the form he was. Like, how could he be? You know, just kind of time moves on. Apparently he was against that Beatles movie that came out recently. The yesterday. He was against it? Well, apparently he... Richard Curtis told him he was doing it. And he was like, best of luck. I'm not helping you out. And I wouldn't do it if I was you. And then he went to see it and was like, oh, I loved it. Because <laughs> he's just a nice man, isn't he? He seems like a nice man. He's like a nice bloke, yeah, but like, I'm not into it. Just the Beatles. <laughs> yeah, I, this happened in work again. It was just like, it's amazing how, how quickly this takes off. We were having a conversation yeah. about like, if you had to like do a show where you were arguing a contentious point, a debate, if you will, what would your topic be? And they're trying to think of like, what would be like provocative enough to, to be a, a show, you know? And I eventually came down on, oh, of course, I, I would say what I've said before. Uh, the Sopranos is the most overrated television show I ever made. Uh, and you'll notice that I didn't say bad. Yeah, oh, My yeah. argument is not that it's bad at all. Yeah. It's, I think it's a really good show. I just, I just think it's intensely overrated. Change television, Dave. Ugh. So, and then I was like, oh, the music clip of that would be like, my Beatles thing. I don't like the Beatles. And I was like, if you say you don't like the Beatles, people just go lose their fucking minds. And at the desk of people that were there, but without me saying anything further, it, of course, immediately turned into, you're saying you hate the Beatles. No, I didn't say those words. Oh, you're saying the, the Beatles had no impact. No, again, all I said was, I don't like the Beatles, but people just lose their fucking minds. It's like, okay, right. Yeah. You're, like, it, they it's just, the Beatles, man. But, like, but, but, <laughs> the, but the level of, of hyperbole that just comes out without you even like doing anything Well, as crazy. someone that, you know, we, we've had this chat over the years, and it was, you know, when we first talked about it, when you first revealed it when we first met, I guess my feeling was, I love the Beatles so much, I... I felt like anxious about you not enjoying this kind of treasure trove of music. So it came from a point of view of being like, you've so much to discover if you just give them a chance. Like, so that, I'm hoping that's people's general kind of intent. But yes, it can. You're allowed to like what you like, Dave. Thanks, man. God I appreciate bless you. that. Yeah. <laughs> what are Coldplay up to? Um, well, they're not touring, Dave, uh, until they have sorted out a way to make their concerts environmentally beneficial. Um, now we know they're going up to release. The new album. It's out now, is it, if you're listening to this? I think... Is it? I believe so. Okay. Um, I know they put out a song in the week called Daddy. Yeah. I nearly... <laughs> you okay? <laughs> I thought it's a gulp quite I hard. really <laughs> hope that gulp got picked up on mic because it was fucking incredible. Yeah, that made me sick when I heard that title. <laughs> it's like you being in court and me like unleashing my master stroke. And of course, Greg, we have you on camera committing this offence. Well, look... look. I haven't heard the song. I don't know if I want to. Yeah, I'm, uh, for, I'm, I'm sure I will. Wait for the album. Yeah. Which um, I presume that we're going to do, are we? Oh, we have to really yeah, see yeah. where they're going this time. Um, but where they won't be going is on the road. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because... <laughs> 
Chris Martin, who's another lovely fella in the yeah. vein of um, Paul McCartney, he says, we're not touring this album. He's speaking to BBC News. He says, we're taking time over the next year or two to work out how our tour can not only be sustainable, but how can it be actively beneficial? Okay. <laughs> Which I don't know how he's going to achieve, like as a kind of monster rock band touring the world, I guess bringing huge entourage of people. Are they just going to plant trees wherever well, they go? they say the hardest thing is the flying around side of things. Uh, yeah, it would be. Our dream is to have a show with no single-use plastic and to have it largely solar-powered. Uh, the WWF, not the World Wrestling Federation, but the Wildlife Fund, have welcomed Coldplay's initiative, saying it is fantastic to see world-famous artists stepping up to protect the planet. And this Sunday at Survivor Series... <laughs> I'm just sorry, I'm just thinking, like a solar-powered Coldplay show is yeah, just it's great, the weakest cup of tea imaginable, isn't it? Like, <laughs> well... <laughs> them announcing this by the way has of course hashtag triggered a lot of people who are oh, mad really? dude like the climate emergency thing is unbelievable like we can see that we're fucked and everyone's like fuck you how dare you say that we're in trouble for example uh, upcoming on Joe fairly soon I interviewed Blind Boy of Rubber Bandit's fame about yeah. his book and about other things uh, we did a video as well as the written thing I'm gonna do and there's like a video cut down that we have up on, on Facebook and Twitter today uh, he talked about Greta Thunberg and oh, you know yeah. climate emergency yada yada and dude again like working for Joe as well just seeing all these Facebook comments whenever we, we write or post anything about Greta Thunberg she is the most triggering thing to a lot of people yeah. they go fucking insane like off the off the range crazy about this girl fucking hell calm down guys all she's trying to do is secure a future for people including it, your children you it's psychos. really becoming clear that a large percentage of the population of earth are just like pricks or yeah. certainly western europe no it is like no, i was watching this that. is the problem the problem with the world is people the problem with like it is it absolutely is i mean like it's it's the old quote isn't it like, all of man's problems come from his inability to sit in a room and you know stay with himself and say nothing to anybody like if you put enough people in a room no matter what the context is it's going to be a problem pack bus gig sporting event or you know the world itself which yeah. we don't know how to look after we don't have the ability and i'm like i don't I, I barely know how to function but like there are people out there who just apply an anger and a rhetoric to things that they don't understand don't want to understand they feel culpable michael jackson is an example if you're like hey michael jackson was scum wasn't he they go fucking crazy at you yeah yeah like i was watching the johnson corbin debate there and just the audience was the absolute worst. At a certain point, they're like talking about climate change. And Corbyn begins um, with a very good point about how right now it's mainly just affecting the poor of the world. Because of course it is. And just the groans and guffawing from the audience of just like, oh, you're saying something nice about poor people. Fuck I was them. Like, what? Like, also, didn't he say like, you know, hey, you know, maybe we really should all be looking at a four day working week. And people are like, people are, people are like, <laughs> he's trying to make your lives better. You weirdos. It's so crazy. Like yeah. you see this in like you see this all the time now where like this, you know, the people are so angry at Greta Thunberg, so angry. They mock her in every respect. They say horrific things about a 16 year old girl. And, you know, I, I can't get over it it's one thing to have a disagreement about it that's fine I mean, like you know i don't think that she's a fucking perfect angel or anything yeah. but the levels that people are going to to just go fucking apeshit when someone's like hey the world's in a bit of trouble isn't it they're like fuck you mm. fuck you how dare you and coldplay yeah. i'm sure are getting immense stick for this because you know the uh, uh, criticism that's always leveled is like huh well you know you say that don't you but you're in your private jet yeah it seems like coldplay are actually trying to do yeah it's a total straw man but argument. people are still like fuck you coldplay we want to see you in concert how dare you tom york was asked that recently he was doing like desert island discs and he, uh, he came across really well actually but he was asked that very question because obviously he's done a lot, lot with greenpeace over the years and he was like it's totally disingenuous because it's the whole 
this sounds stupid, but like, it's the system that's the problem. But it is. It's like capitalism. It's like corporations. It's, you know, don't be like sniping at the musicians or artists trying to do something about it. We're all part of the same ridiculous machine. Yep. Uh, also, this album seems to be... <laughs> God, heavy. Yeah. We're all part of the ridiculous machine, man. This album seems to be informed by the world as well, and mostly from Chris Martin watching the television. He said that songs from everyday life have been inspired by BBC News reports about an Afghan gardener and a Nigerian hymn composer. Journalism at its best finds these individual stories that reinforce our shared humanity, said Chris Martin. So there you go. It sounds like it's going to be a fucking laugh riot of a record. Yeah, it really does. Um, so let's talk about Taylor Swift for a moment. Great. Um, I'm not sure what the latest is. I think it was a show of support from Shania Twain. Um, but there's been confusion around what's happening with her performance at the American Music Awards, which is taking place this weekend, I believe. Um, now, we didn't really touch on the kind of um, squabble between her and her former big machine label boss, Scott uh, Borchetta, along with Scooter Brown. Braun. Oh, it's a Braun. Okay. Yeah. Well, whatever. He seems like a bit of a prick. Um, <laughs> I'm actually siding with Taylor on this one. Um, yeah, she, it's, it's it's Dickensian. It's yeah, it really seems pretty grim. Um, she'd come out with a statement that said they were blocking her from um, including old material in televised performances, most notably during this uh, upcoming Artist of the Decade appearance she's doing at the AMAs. Um, the label kind of responded with a statement denying her claims. Um, representative for Swift responded with an alleged email in which a label representative denied a license. It seems like they've come to an agreement about the show anyway um, and with Dick Clark Productions. But, I mean, what you make of this whole thing? As you say, Dickensian seems to be a thing. Um, the initial statement from your man Scott um, or Scooter was they were very careful about not actually denying what she had said which I thought was quite telling. And yeah, I don't know. My stance on this is firmly let the artists do what they want with their music. Yeah, my only criticism of Taylor Swift in this one is her statement, which came out last Thursday night, I think it was, after the show. And it was her being like, I don't know what to do. And then like had like a, one of those iPhone statements that is never good. And effectively, she was saying that like I encourage all of my fans to directly hassle these people until the matter is resolved, which I'm sorry, I, I don't agree with setting a bunch of fucking crazy stands on people in what should be like a courtroom debate. Now, I'm not saying that Taylor Swift can't go public with this. I think it's good that she has. I think it's really, really low and bad that ultimately uh, this woman is being completely taken advantage of. It's based off a contract she signed when she was a teenager, which raises all kinds of questions as well. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just it's not it's not fair in any in any respect. Of course, I can also see the people who are like, "Well, it's a business deal, and that's just the way it is." Yeah. That's just you know, it's her life's work. It's, um, yeah, it, it's it's I, it's insane to me that an artist wouldn't, and it, it has happened, that wouldn't be allowed to perform their work because of a fucking contract. That that to me is should never be a thing. It should never be enforceable. But I also, I just find the conversation can be very out of control and I really was disappointed because I was with her until she was like, by the way, stands, go get them. Not the way to do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, but you could make the argument that, no, I agree with Don't that kind of... people. Even if they're fucking pricks like these guys are, they're horrible. Yeah. But, like, let's not, like, try and get someone killed. Do you know what I mean? I don't think she was doing that, in fairness. I, I feel like happens, she was more... Man? What if... Well, well, yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's, it's a really... What if Robert De Niro shoots Scooter Braun in a restaurant like the Irishman? 
what happens there, you know? Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry, you're always going to shoot people in that film. It's shocking. <laughs> I know. Like, it's Scorsese. <laughs> yeah, I know. A bit uh, of, a bit the of latest a, Scorsese piece of cinema. <laughs> yeah, a, a three and a half hour movie about an assassin. Yeah, it, it's surprising, I know. Uh, yeah, it's a grim story. Like, what can I say? It is. Like, I think this dispute seemed to arise from um, the fact that she is planning next year to re-record. Like, she legitimately all is. Yeah, material, I, I, which is I a great idea. If, yeah, I, I, and they're furious about that because they're like, oh, fuck. She kind of has us here, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's all very red tape and litigious and, uh, you know, just puts things in perspective, doesn't it, Craig? Yeah, it really does. Um, speaking of red tape and litigious, Will I Am must retract racism claim or face potential lawsuit, Qantas says. I thought they were the friendlier airline, no? Is that their tag? No, but they're kind of known for their, like, um, good customer service and safety record, I think. Well, they're maybe kind of they're the good guys that. here. What happened, Greg? Maybe they are. So Qantas has vowed to help a member of its cabin staff take legal action against Will I Am uh, if the Black Eyed Peas frontman does not retract his claim that he's a victim of racial discrimination. Um, so last weekend, he said that he was targeted by um, an overly aggressive female employee during a flight from Brisbane to Sydney after he left his laptop out. He said that he didn't hear the PA announcement instructing passengers to put away laptops and other electronics um, <laughs> through his noise-cancelling headphones. Um, <laughs> he said that his hashtag racist flight attendant was beyond rude. Um, and it kind of did seem to get a bit out of control. Um, I don't want to believe that she's racist, but she is clearly aimed all her frustrations only at the people of colour. I don't know who's backing that up. He says he complied quickly and politely only to be greeted by police. Greeted. Not putting away his laptop. Gr- yeah. sounds all right, doesn't it? Hello. At Sydney Airport. I he think thinks, I was targeted, he, he says. Thinks, yeah, we can't be certain. Um, of ultimately, course, we have no idea what Well, look, look, ultimately, yeah, we weren't there. And ultimately, I think in this situation, if you say that out loud, hey, you're a racist, the onus is on like you it, to, to prove, prove it. it. Yeah. yeah, so like whether it... Who knows what went down? I don't fucking know. But like ultimately... Uh, he says, I'm in the public eye, I behave when I have a bad day, my mother raised me to be polite, yada, yada, yada. It's just one of those things where it's like, if you're a celebrity, maybe don't go on Twitter and say, this person is racist, because then they can go, okay, prove it, mate. Let's yeah. go to court. I'm starting to think Twitter's the problem. I would hope that he wasn't racially abused. If you're going to abuse Will I Am, do it for his bad music. <laughs> yeah. Not anything else, you know? Or not putting your laptop away. Just put it away, mate. Well, That's listen. a... He's an excuse. He's a celebrity. You know? That's how it is. Finally, Ja Rule has been cleared of wrongdoing in a major Firefest lawsuit. I can't believe we're still talking about Firefest. Yeah, I but think we this are. was kind of this was cleared up um, to an extent, and then Billy McFarlane got back involved. Did he? Like, um, so he's been cleared of wrongdoing. Uh, the 2017 event. Wow, that flew by. Um, saw the rapper teaming up with Billy McFarland um, famously, infamously to create this luxurious festival, um, which didn't, you know, descend into chaos. Um, the rapper, real name Jeffrey Atkins, didn't know that. Did we know that detail? He's called Jeffrey Atkins? No. Okay, interesting. Has now been fully cleared of wrongdoing as part of a $100 million class action lawsuit. He was initially cleared, yeah, back in July, but lawyers representing Billy McFarland argued that he was implicit in the event and knew it was destined to fail. Now, I think we can quite confidently say he knew nothing of it, whether it would be a success or failure. Jarul knew nothing. Well, he knows now, so there you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're, we're not going to prison, thankfully, very much. Great. Um, before I hit the JAPE interview, I don't really want to talk about Kanye West, Craig, but you've, you've done some research here, so... Uh, I haven't done much research. I've just been gathering every news story that comes out. So we'll do a quick summary. Uh, he played a prison in Texas, which seemed like good for him, right? Sure, yeah. yeah um, people were crying, got very emotional. He played a women's prison as well, did his whole um, Christian thing. Um, it seemed to go down very well, and he seems to be quite sincere about that kind of work. Then back on the trolling thing, I'm guessing, he posted a photo of himself and Dr. Dre. 
and signaled that <laughs> Jesus is King Part 2 would be a collaboration between the two of them. Dre said the same thing, yeah. Um, yeah, which is very odd. At least we know it will be like mixed properly, I guess, if well, Dre's on I board. Mean, you were very big on that Compton album that Dre headed up, and he was mostly... It was my him, album of the year that year. And I it was, was mostly slept him on. kind of doing stuff for other people. Yeah. He's better when he's doing that than, uh, you know, he doesn't write anything, does he? Yeah, he, did, well, he kind of, he makes beats. If no, but he doesn't write lyrics. Or oh, no, sorry, he's not a rapper. No, yeah, no, so, he gets, like, yeah, it goes So maybe, like, maybe this is what Kanye needs. Maybe he needs someone who has the ability to kind of take the reins off him and just be like, I'll do this. Yeah. No? Yeah, possibly. But he can't write Kanye's <laughs> rhymes either, which has been a problem for him. It's probably not even a thing. Just an instrumental, like, hip-hop beats album between the two would be perfect. Please. It's probably not even a thing. Probably not. Yeah. Um, do you reckon his opera that he also announced is a thing? No. No. Probably not. No. Um, Each new Kanye thing <laughs> feels less and less important. I'm sorry, but it's just, it's gotten that way. Well, this year, I mean, it's such a yeah. roller coaster. All the projects last year were pretty strong, I must say. But um, yeah, I think we'll park Craig on Kanye until the new year. Sure, okay, that's fair. <laughs> cool. Okay, Grant. Um, let's get to an interview, which I've done. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Jape, a.k.a. Richie Egan, has released his sixth studio album. It's called Sentinel. We reviewed it on the show two weeks ago now. It's been out for a week. It's really, really good. It's particularly good at this time of the year, I think. Uh, I sat down with Richie for almost half an hour. He was in town briefly. He didn't do that many interviews, so I'm very, very glad that we got to talk to him. And I loved this chat. I loved just chatting to him about things. You know, it was just like your standard, let's have a conversation by a fire. It was very, very nice. Talked about the record. Yeah, forest. Talked about the record. Talked about Death Stranding, talked about other things, and you can listen to that immediately. So you were saying you're not a Christmas person? I don't mind it too much. I mean, I don't really pay attention to it, to be honest. It's like it's with, I have two kids now, so it's it's good for them, and they get two Christmases because they get a Swedish Christmas and an Irish Christmas as well. So, <laughs> what's the difference? Double the fun. Uh, in Sweden, they have this thing called Yule Tomten, who's like Santa Claus, and a lot of times they get like a neighbor or a family member to dress up as Tomten, and like arrive at the house with presents, kind of thing. So it's slightly different than over here. Yeah, I find that there's like a there's a there's a weird melancholy to it for me. I'm, like, I I just I don't know. It's like, like I, I that kind of childlike feeling, the magic being gone. Yeah. Like that's yeah. kind of where I, where I go for. It. And it's 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 that weird thing of like, it's almost taboo to be like, yeah, I'm not mad about Christmas. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like it's a nice time to at least maybe come back to Ireland and meet my friends and stuff like that. You know, that's cool. And uh, yeah, from the kids' point of view, it's nice to see their magic. But although my daughter's only six and she came in the other day and said, two of her classmates said there's no such thing as Santa Claus. And I was like, that's six years of age. That's like, that's a little bit too young. I uh, I read that in a magazine when I was a kid. And I think I saw it on like Have a Good News for you yeah. or something. How old were you? I want to say like eight or nine or ten. Yeah, that seems like around the time probably. Yeah. That, yeah. But then what, you feel bad. you? I think, I don't remember really, but I remember I had to tell my sister because she was like like coming up to 13 and she still believed in Santa or something. <laughs> so I had to tell her. I was tasked with telling her. Yeah, there was one year where my parents were like, you know, this is the last time you're getting a haul of this of this nature. And it was kind yeah. of like a known thing of like, yeah, fair enough. I kind of yeah. dragged this out a little I bit. I think I found toys actually and I think I pretended that I still believed in Santa so yeah. I'd get better toys it's a it's a weird thing to have to deal with like you know yeah. it's, it's like losing a loved one it's kind of traumatic in a way <laughs> there's probably a, there's probably an argument to say just tell them from the start there's no such thing as Santa but 
Yeah. That seems slightly grim as well. Yeah, it's a bit cruel, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so you're saying, like, you're home now for a little bit, I guess. I mean, like, do you... How, how do you find going back and forth, generally? I, I tend to go back and forward quite a lot because I come over for various uh, reasons. And I, I love to come back to Dublin. I just recharge the batteries Dublin-wise. And I tend to come over here and then get get my fill of Dublin and then head back to Sweden and sort of just get working over there, you know? So it's like, it's no... They're different places. Malmo's a much more contemplative place where... I, nothing really happens and Dublin is so which is like walking in today it's mental the amount of people like seems like crazy and the amount of cranes and all it's like exponentially changing now you know I know when you come back it always changes but now the last couple of times it's been like holy shit this is like proper the drive from the airport all the what I love about Dublin is the low the low uh, skyline and that seems to be all of those places that were low seem to be marked for getting demolished, you know, so. Yeah, you know. I mean, also in terms of, like, going away and, I mean, like, there's the romantic idea of, like, you kind of, like, the, the musician searching for solace. But, yeah. I mean, was there an artistic element to this or was it just a case of this is where my life is moving now? Which? Just even, like, decamping in the first place, I suppose. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, no, I just, yeah, I don't really, don't really know. It just kind of happened, you know? Mm. Like, like, most things in life, they, they're small decisions can just lead to big change. And I think that that's pretty, pretty much what happened, you know? But, like, that's, I'm cool with it now, you know? I kind of, I rebelled against it for a few years when I was there at first, because I felt like it was such a change of pace that it kind of made me a bit, like, there was a bit of inertia, you know? Um, but then after a while, I started got into it now, and, and now I love, I love both. You know, they're different places, and I like both of them equally. Yeah, so. I mean, yeah, like I say, like the, there is a romance there. I mean, it's an interesting time to come back to Ireland because obviously, you, you, as you say yourself, you can't escape. I mean, even seeing cranes in the skyline mm. is obviously yeah. telling its own story. And, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Dublin is a strangely characterised city. Even like coming over here now to interview you today, mm. there's like Duns was just shut down. Yeah, there. yeah, I saw there's that. like fire yeah, engines fire, yeah. tearing up George Street, and yeah. I was like. What the fuck's going on? Yeah, you know, like, like, I was listening to the OPN album, the at the age of um, what's it, the last one anyway, and it's fairly apocalyptic sounding. And I just walked up and saw the fire brigades. It was like, wow, this is a good soundtrack. <laughs> and also, when I was coming along the canal, there was a fucking like seagull apocalypse. There was like about, like, I swear to God, about sixty or seventy seagulls all swooping around like it was like proper seagull apocalypse. Yeah. up on the canal today. So I don't know if that's a. You know, just I've seen braver. that. I've or seen that. Yeah, I had apparently that they live for twenty-one years. Ghouls. Twenty-one years. Yeah, that's some good trivia. Yeah, like. that's what I heard. That's the, like like the longest, <laughs> and the average is like fifteen to seventeen years for a ghoul. Jesus, which is really like so. There's probably ghouls around that like no use since you were a kid. You know, it's like probably you've probably seen the same ghoul more than once. There was one day where <laughs> I was where I was walking across the river and like I I saw that that kind of thing and the the sky was very overcast and it felt genuinely ominous. Like it yeah. felt it felt like that kind of you know you're in your own movie thing yeah. which yeah. is hard to avoid when you yeah. think you're the fucking center of the weather universe. Is kind of grey weather today as well. So I was saying to you that yeah, I'm not winter ready like I like I'm currently battling my ailments and stuff but yeah. I mean I don't think I'd last a day over in Scandinavia. You just have to be a teacher. Like, Irish people are very much like what you were saying in the sense that it's like, ah, sure, it's grand. Like, just go on out there, <laughs> you know, it's grand. Yeah. But when you go to Scandinavia for the, for the winter, especially January, February, it's like, okay, I need to buy proper clothes for this because otherwise I'm going to be fucked. And a, a friend of mine, who I won't name because it would be bad, came to to Malmo to, to stay uh, in, like, February or something like that, and he had white tennis shoes on. And I was, like, just gone... Dude, this is not gonna be. This is not gonna be good, dude. Right? So we went into town. We were walking around town, and then like slowly but surely, he just started to slow down. And his feet—he basically like he couldn't walk. He was hobbled with the pain in his feet because he was so cold. <laughs> I just laughed my ass off. Going, I told you, dude. You know, you need proper 
Scandinavian. Yeah, and Irish people could do it, do it, do it that, you know. Long johns, wool inside your shoes. The good North Face, or the, they all wear the Canada Goose jackets over there, you know. So if you're equipped, it's nice. You yeah. Know? But if you're not equipped, it's torture, torturous. You can't fake your way through it's, it, yeah. Yeah, it's a hellscape. So with regards to the record, uh, we reviewed it on the show there recently, and there was a lot to take from it, even in the statement that you put out accompanying it as well. Yeah. Like I, was, I was so drawn to the idea of it being like you saying at the end of it, this is a private record, yeah. and I hope you can share in its privacy. Yeah. I mean, is that a deliberate contradiction in terms? Yeah, like, because... It felt very, like, tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it was a bit. Like, what, what, what it basically was, I wrestled with myself about whether or not I should even put out another album, you know, because, like, you start to think to yourself... You know, as an artist, there's there's a trajectory, you know, and like you reach a point when you're young and confident, and that you, and you can beat the world, and that's part of the trajectory. Then you kind of you platter out, and a lot of artists get shit when they're when they get older, and they kind of fall onto easy street, you know. So I was like, I don't even know if we're going to do anything, but if I do something, I got to make sure I do it in a in a way that feels true to that trajectory, right? So then I read an interview with uh, Earl Sweatshirt. And he was talking about, he hated the way middle-aged rappers still rap about, like, selling drugs and being with women and all this shit. And he was like, I'd love to hear a middle-aged rapper rap about what it's like to be kind of middle-aged. And that was like, oh, shit, that's, that's, a good, that's a good angle to come at this from. And so I think then I kind of looked at what's going on in the world and what I always tend to do is, like, see what's popular and what seems to be popular is this, this confidence, you know? The confidence of, of people proclaiming things that they're they're sure of you know and i f i thought it would be interesting to do pretty much do the opposite of that mm -hmm. and sort of like like it's almost anti-entertainment or something if you know what i mean it's like to sort of let let the intuition speak without the ego uh, shaping it you know and sort of like see what the fuck happens you know I think at this stage of our our world, I think we kind of are a little bit yearning for something a little bit um deeper and I was reading I was watching an interview with the Death Stranding guy you know the, the uh, Kojima yeah, yeah. Are, you, are you playing that game? I, I'm, I'm afraid to, to download it because I know I'll just get my work done but but <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get I'm gonna do it at some point but I was like I saw this last week and I was like yeah this is this is this is fucking cool because this is pretty much like what I was thinking in my head and there's a zeitgeist that goes on and I think when you're an artist if you if you stick with your intuition you oftentimes will find that people will relate to it because it's kind of something in the air and with the Death Stranding game, I was like, fucking cool, because it's not immediate, you know? It's really subtle, and you've got to give to get. And I think with this record, you, got, like, you have to come to it. It's not going to blow your mind, you know? But it will, if you stick to it, I think it'll reveal, it'll reveal itself in a way that maybe will give you a deeper hit. Yeah, that's what I was trying to do, because that was interesting to me. But it's, it's actually quite scary, because... Nowadays, well, it's not really scary to be honest with you. It's more just like it's a, there's a good chance that it will just slip under the radar, you know. But I do think that for for certain people, it will, will stick with them that they can come back to it in the future in a way that stuff that I've done before, 
I don't a lot of it I don't think I can go back to you know but this one I feel like I could go back to at some point you know so. yeah there's an element to it where I mean I would hesitate to use the word throwaway but this has kind of come out of nowhere for at least for people like me yeah. like you know getting the press release and yeah. the first song comes mm-hmm. out then the second song is yeah. out and then the album's out oh yeah. my god yeah there's not a huge marketing campaign no there's but not that with you no. I, I mean like not to you know put too much of a like you know kind of a faux greatness upon yeah. you but like it feels again everything that the J project does is extremely deliberate. Yeah. Even in this guy. This was this was deliberate, you know. Yeah. It's almost like it's almost like just do the opposite of what you're supposed to do okay. and see what happens. It's not hard to instinctually it's, rebel it's, against. It's 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 a little bit, but you know what? It's 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 part of who I am as a human as well, which is to to beat try and beat my ego, you know. Try and beat the ego out of myself, basically, and listen to the bigger everybody I think has a bigger self inside themselves. And I just wanted to give that I wanted to, to defer to that without trying to shape it, you know, because I think my smaller self can be very small sometimes, so <laughs> I don't want to give that motherfucker any look in on this one, you know. I want to just see if, if that see if that intuition resonates, basically. And that's why I released the record. Um, and it resonates with me, and I suppose that's why I think it's a success, even if it doesn't sell anything. You yeah, know? well, you don't strike me as the kind of person who would chase a trend anyway. No, no. I kind of like, I, 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 be, I love trends, though, you know. I love, I believe in the power of, pop music oh, yeah. to the nth degree you know I love I love throwaway stuff as well it's just I just kind of looked at the the, the 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 artistic vista and said this is not I haven't seen this I wouldn't mind just adding this into the mix you know yeah and like um, that's basically what the story is I think you got the capability you need to write a pop banger and there were like there were very poppy songs on the previous record which I yeah. thought was very bright there's attractive some, there's, yes there's like some, some, some ways you know if I needed to do that then I probably would have to do that you know mm-hmm. but at this point in my life I, at this particular record at this particular time I don't need to, to do that so I was like okay, now I can actually do something that's kind of really interests me without without worrying about that. Because there's always, like, for artists nowadays, you, it's not even... I mean, when I was kind of coming up, it was like trying to get a radio hook or whatever. But nowadays, like, 15 seconds, you know, it's like TikTok shit. You need to get <laughs> in, the drop, back out again. That's, like... It's very impressive, yeah. You know, and it, that's kind of, like, it's kind of interesting, but it's also tiny. Not that it's sad. It's just more like it would be a shame if if, if the deeper... Like if the novel disappeared for the pamphlet, you know. So I think, in my own little way, trying to fight back for the novel or like the the, the deeper shit, man, you know. Did you ever think you would get to a point where I mean, not so much. I mean, the word comfortable has almost negative connotations, but yeah. like I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm comfortable. It's more just like just like I mean, I'm only going to be alive for a certain amount of time, so I got to do this. Just felt right at this particular time. Sure, you know? yeah. So then we see what happens next. Desperation, because you know that's the thing about older artists as well, which I'm getting on a little bit, is that there's nothing path- more pathetic than desperation of somebody trying to do, <clears throat> to trying to grasp for something, and like that that's tempting. You know that is that's tempting because you're you're worried like you know am I irrelevant here? You know like, and there's a real joy in embracing that irrelevance but that takes a while to get get through and then after that then it's it feels pretty good you know instead of feeling s- sad remember when the day was all for living and the light in the morning beat forgiveness there were patches of ice on that burning But I'm all wrong 
I think this record will be very much kind of how you approach it because I, I was saying that like I did find it quite melancholic not necessarily in an off-putting way because yeah. I am drawn to that kind of music yeah. I am drawn yeah. to that kind of part of mm. my life as well um, but I think ultimately you know it's a mood album isn't it I mean like it's tough yeah. to get into if you're not really in yeah. that mood yeah yeah totally yeah yeah. And, but I kind of love records like that you know yeah. where it's like they're the ones you go for when you're in that mood you know? Yeah. you know so that's kind of like there's not really much more to say you know about it like I hope I, I hope it resonates with, I hope people will give it a chance to listen to it more than twice but maybe they won't you know yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens well, that, that thing you said earlier like, I'm, I'm quite in, interested in that the idea of anti-entertainment because mm. like I found myself drawing parallels with Death Stranding and The Irishman which I went to see over the weekend oh I haven't seen it yet it's but good I, I want, yeah. yeah I want to see it it will depend yeah. also on your relationship with yeah. Scorsese and yeah. that, that I mean, kind of picture yeah. and also yeah. where those lads are at in their lives as well I liked it I didn't adore it but I thought yeah. it was very well done and I didn't feel it's really three, long isn't it three and a half yeah. Yeah. And I, but I didn't feel that I've seen yeah. two hour movies that were felt longer yeah, cool. so that, that is a compliment I think in yeah. a way but I was thinking of Death Stranding, which I am playing at the moment. Cool. And you're right, there there isn't a instant gratification off of it mm. at all. Yeah. I found myself playing a different game yeah. two hours later to just yeah. get that quick yeah. fix. Yeah. But I'm yeah. thinking about Death but Stranding all the, the time. Thing. This but. is the word that I think I wanted the record to be, is intriguing. So uh, people will listen to it and then they can feel that maybe it just feels a bit bland or something, you know, but I want them to go away and kind of go... I would just want them to go, oh, maybe you know, give it another shot. You know, That's the intriguingness I hope comes across. And no, I think it does, yeah. I'm, I hope that happens with it. And I think that that's why what we were talking about, Death Stranding again, but it's just like, I just think there's a need for that now. You know, I think people are, people are, people are deeper than our culture would suggest, you know, a mm-hmm. lot deeper. And I think that there's going to be, I hope there's going to be a resurgence in sort of like reaffirming that depth. It kind of has to be, doesn't it? And it feels like, it feels like it can be, it can be a really good thing because I think we're getting to the point now, like a race to the bottom, you know, but I do feel that there's a storing of, and this sounds a bit mumbo jumbo, but it feels like there's a storing of, of people understanding the depth of being a human, you know? And I think that Death Stranding, now you're saying the Irish man, my motherfucking record. <laughs> I think maybe there's people, there's just, there is a, it feels like there's people want that, you know, because that's the kind of shit that gives you, it will heal your soul. Like I, I read stories about people coming from Death Stranding, like, Leaving things like when they go up the rope themselves, they're like fixing the rope so that other people can yeah, come up. Yeah, that's, that's the same. amazing. That's beautiful. You know, that's it's never I've never seen that before. Empathy. You know, empathy is what is missing from that proclaiming your your confidence and all. You need empathy. You need to include other people. You know, and I think that if you have an album where you have to keep going back to it, that I think is much more. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's a private experience, but shared by you know other people. If they if they they want to be there like, yeah you know. so in a way you you have released this album at the perfect time I think I think it's probably and you know what the weird thing is as well intuition is, is that that feeling of intuition is usually is usually right you know it's usually right but I mean who knows I'm releasing a fucking album a month before Christmas like it's like <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the most stupid thing that you could possibly do uh, yeah I'd be curious as to what kind of what kind of media fills your day like what kind of movies you're watching and um, I tend to I tend to make music every day and then at night time I will watch um like whatever Netflix kind of stuff is on. Um, I sp- I sort of like gouged on films and stuff back younger when I was younger. You know, me so too. Now, yeah. Now I just tend to like. Singer man's game. It's yeah. I mean, you, you kind of you know. I've like a DVD collection, but I <laughs> but I was like, this will pay off someday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what's funny now is the world of synthesizers. You know, all of these like um, really expensive synthesizers that now they're making clones of them. You know, Behringer. So they have like a, you know Trio Three. TB303, they were going up to like two and a half grand and shit, and now Behringer have put one out for, it's basically an exact clone for 130 euros, you know? So what I would think about the DVDs is that, you know, like, you know, when you 
when you're younger, you think that you're going to be able to sell all this shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Too. <laughs> It'll appreciate the value, yeah. which, of course, talk about uh, like a bust, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. But like in terms of even like equipment, like are you are you, are you much of a gearhead? Are you a collector? I, I've, I've been a gearhead for my entire life, you know, to the point where I basically I've just I've gone past it now, you know? So like what interests me now is I bought a piano um, a while ago and that's really interesting me now. I got a piano for 80, 80 euros and I felt like when I walked into this, it's a, they have great secondhand shops in, um, in, in Sweden. Mm. They're called Lopuses. And uh, when I walked in, I just saw this piano and I was like, oh, I was like, you know, hallelujah. <laughs> and I was like, that's a beautiful piano. Holy shit. Like it's amazing. Went over it, looked at it, expected it to be like 500 quid or something. And then your mom was like 80 euros. So I was like, oh my God. So I got Did that. you manage to play it cool then with the salesman? Or? Yeah, no, I, I was like, pick it up. It was all good. And then I got it tuned and I've just been playing the piano and making tape loops and stuff with the piano loops and having a lot of fun doing that at the moment. With regards as well, I mean, even, even like your kind of your, your profile, like, I mean, like you don't do a ton of interviews, no. uh, which is why it's very good to talk to you and very yeah, glad I am. Well, thanks for it. Asking. Yeah, Jesus, man. I mean, but I remember, like, I mean, you did one with Giles Regan there a few years ago, which mm. got a lot of traction. Mm. I think a lot of people were kind of, you know, it was very candid, it was very open. Yeah. You kind of, like, spoke very candidly about your own kind of, your life and your struggles, your mental health. And yeah. I think people were quite surprised by this. Mm. Uh, were you surprised that people were surprised or even the reaction to it? I, got a, I, was, I was surprised at how many people came up to me after it and were like, you know, that was really nice to hear or whatever. And again, it comes to empathy, I suppose. You like to, It's unlocking, I think, yeah. I mean, there's a lot, you know... I just don't think, I don't really know anybody who kind of doesn't have mental health problems, you know? Yeah. So it's like, it just felt normal to talk about it. Maybe I had just never mentioned it before or something, you know? I don't know. I mean, still struggle, you know? Everybody still struggles, you know? I know you wrote yeah. that piece. It, it, was that a year ago or a two? A year ago, yeah. 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 So it's like, it's difficult to be alive sometimes. But I had a fucking, I had a two-hour psychological evaluation there this week. Yeah. And it was really strange because it was like... I've I've answered these questions a lot, mm. and I can do it, and I can articulate myself. And then you kind of catch your you catch your brain kind of being like out thinking things, yeah. and then being like, oh, like you know, maybe they they talk to people who don't know how to articulate themselves, yeah. and then you're like, what are you doing? Like you're, you're placing yourself in some kind of weird power yeah. vacuum. Yeah. But then at one stage, they're like, they literally asked me to explain my tattoos, which I was yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like no one does that. That's a yeah. bizarre question. But yeah. I was like, here, and I found myself doing it. I was like, well, this is based on a book, and this yeah. is based on, and you're just like baffled by this, and I just find the whole yeah. process to be really. Yeah, you, you sounds like you're thinking a lot. Oh yeah, I can't you know? stop. Yeah. And that's that's that's. I think there's a. I think that for me, that was a big one as well. Thinking uh, anxiety coming from thinking too much. So, what worked for me was, um, I was in Japan this year with the Rednecks, and I had total panic attacks, like proper from morning to night, like crippled with, with anxiety. So I came back and I was like, fuck this is not good so then I started to um, exercise as everybody says but the weird thing is I started doing 20 minutes exercise a day and I felt like shit I felt like even worse and then I bumped it up to 40 minutes and then it worked and now I have to do that three days three three or four days a week or else I start like losing losing really? myself yeah and because I think that humans need need time where we are awake but we're not thinking and that's hard to get. So the uh, way I get it is just by fucking lashing over on a treadmill to the point when I stop thinking. And I feel the anxiety leaving my body, you know. Mm. That's, that's There's an endorphin thing there for sure, yeah. Yeah, and just um, the state of non-thought, you know, where you just clean the mind a bit, like...
how like how are you for like being a sleeper? Like, do you, do you, are you a nightmare kind of person? Do you even get I a good night's sleep? I love having nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I absolutely love having nightmares. I really love having nightmares, and that's like I've always been like that. Something really intriguing about them, you know. It's really kind of waking up, just kind of going. Whew, that was a good one. <laughs> do you jolt awake that, that, that thing? Yeah, yeah. I tend to I tend to dream a lot actually, and I like like I I really enjoy dreaming. You know, mm. sometimes I wake up and I kind of wish that I was still in the dream. Do you ever get that? Yeah, yeah. and trying to remember it, like trying to get like get those yeah. kind of grains of sand and remembering maybe like ten percent of it, and yeah. that completely fucking with your perception of what yeah. it was. And yeah, it's kind of trippy, you know. When I don't it's really do, trippy. Yeah. <laughs> don't do drugs anymore, really. So it's like a little tri- night trips. <laughs> yeah, you're a responsible adult now. Yeah. I am indeed. Well, not that responsible, but... Yeah, well, as, as responsible as one can yeah. be. Uh, yeah. Japan seems like one of those places that, like, I've never been, and I would like to go, and I wonder if, like, it is that kind of mythical end-of-the-world kind of place. It's amazing. you got to go. You have to go. Like, I've been there three times now, and it's, like, it's mind-blowing. But the weird thing was, this time we were over, I was there for, like, three weeks or something, and by the end, I was like, oh, I need to get out of here now. I actually eat, like, a little bit too much now. <laughs> so it's like, full-on. But it's a place you got to go, like... Tokyo, Kyoto, Osaka. If you like food, Osaka is mind blown. Tokyo is just like you just have to go to Tokyo. It's blow your fucking mind. Although some Maddie, Maddie was a bit stressed this year. It's it's really full on, like really full. It on. does seem quite overwhelming. It's, it's, it's so overwhelming. I'm kind of influenced by Blade Runner, which is not yeah. a fair thing. But also, yeah. you just imagine everything is yeah, neon. It, it, it's and very much like that. we played in a place in Tokyo, and and it was like a night time, and we stood up on the balcony, and we just saw all the like it was just Blade Runner, <laughs> which is now, isn't it? This is now. It's now, yeah. This is Blade Runner. Yeah, we're now in Blade Runner. Maybe maybe one of us is a replicant. Yeah, maybe so. And maybe the director's cut will tell us which one <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, Truman Show. Uh, do you get to the cinema much? I mean, or is it all kind of couch-bound, Netflix-y kind of stuff now? Um, I don't get to the cinema very much anymore, unfortunately, because there's, do you know, there's not a huge selection of movies in in, Sweden, in Malmo, and they tend all the good ones tend to come out like three or four months after here. There's a mm. really weird schedule with them, you know? They don't come out at the same time as over here. Do you find that even just like keeping up with like media? Because even like when you, when you mentioned like going on a treadmill there, like I mean for me like running, which I'm not terribly good at, but yeah. like when I do do it, it's always I need music. Whereas yeah. a friend of mine runs marathons, listen to podcasts, which yeah. I just find impossible to consider. Yeah, I I am um, I have um, a little I have an iPad and I have a little there's a little shelf on it, so I tend to watch very nerdy tutorials about like composing for film and <laughs> shit like that. So I tend to like and I I, I do find that if I I pick one, a good one, before I go in, and I it's long enough that I don't have to keep changing. I usually finish the the the, the exercise, but if I have to keep trying to find something to watch, I always stop. I'm just like fuck. Oh that. yeah, of course. Yeah. So a big part of it is choosing the correct media to to exercise. I to. think so. I can listen to books, you know. Sometimes I got into that dude, um, David Goggins. You know that guy? He's hilarious. He's like a personal trainer guy from America, but he's like he has this thing where he says, you know, when you're at your when you're at your most effort. That's the hardest you can go. It's like that's only forty percent of of what you can actually do. Mm. So he's like he's run ultra marathons with like broken ankle and shit like that. He's, he's fucking hilarious. So I got into this little phase of like listening to him <laughs> when I was running. Yes, come on. <laughs> I guess lastly, I mean, like, I mean, in terms of like like the composition thing. I mean, obviously, you've recently kind of moved into the world of like children soundtracks. Yeah, right? I've been doing I've been, not, not so much soundtracks. I've been writing songs for for cartoons. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, that sounds like a really specifically tricky thing to do. It's so easy for me. Is it? Oh, it's, I was like born. <laughs> to do that you know it's like it's the easiest thing I, I absolutely love it as well because it's really challenging it's like they kind of go we need a Broadway tune about like you know going on a roller coaster and you're like <laughs> okay <laughs> and then like you just 
get get stuck in, you know? And like I fucking hate Broadway. Like, you know, this is just an example. So I'm like, what the hell do I know about Broadway music? Nothing. So I have to go and learn about Broadway music and you know, it's a, that's really fun, you know, in a way. Some well, maybe not Broadway, <laughs> but like all the different genres they tell you and all really short songs. Um it's great. I love it. Is that the kind of thing where you have to kind of like get in the mind of a child or am I being too pretentious about it? I think a lot of times with the, especially with the, the younger kids, like the, 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 I'm working on one now for younger kids and it was really interesting like working with the music supervisor just about like melodies for young, kind of young kids that everything has to be like in the diatonic scale which means the notes and the scale have to be all in the same, no discordance whatsoever and repetition is super important as well. So like in terms of getting into the mind of a child, in that sense you kind of need to know what they react to, you know. But I think, yeah, you, you need to keep a child, when I'm doing it, I need to keep, like, a, a, a child's, like, the, like the, the obvious thing, you know, is the thing you say, you know, you say the obvious thing, because, like, a child doesn't, you know, doesn't want to be ambiguous, you don't want, to, want an ambiguous song about going on a bicycle, you know? Yeah, of course, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, you can't go too abstract. You're, you're going on a bicycle, so, <laughs> I mean, uh, so, now, and that's, that's really different to the way I tend to work with my own stuff, so, like, it's great, you know, it just broadens my perspective on music, you yeah. know? Um, so I love it. Well, I guess on that score, lastly, just the last thing I'll ask you is, I mean, like, you mentioned the album and how at one point it looked like you may not make one. Yeah. Uh, and thus, I'm wondering where this kind of fits in in the overall kind of Jape canon for you. Um, and how that canon is itself, like 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 from, from the last 15, What I tend years. to do, I don't know whether it's good or bad, is I just tend to forget about whatever I've done before, you know, and I could never, like, I got asked to do a, a fucking 10-year ritual gig and I was just like, that's not, I can't, I can't do that, you know? Yeah, and I actually, like, I was kind of needed the money at the time and stuff, but I just, I just personally cannot do that. I can't, I just, I just couldn't see myself doing that, you know? So in terms of the canon, it just feels like the late, it's just where I am now or was, you know, eight months ago or, you know, when I did it. And so I just kind of looking forward to the, see, see what the next thing is, if there is a next thing and see what it is, you know? Could be a video game. Man, that'd be cool. I wouldn't mind doing like an in in game performance in Death Stranding. <laughs> I, I'm sure they're going to find a way to to make that an well, evolving thing. This marshmallow on for- Fortnite. Did you see that? No. Oh, you see, you have to Google it, man. It's the most hilarious <laughs> thing. Basically, he did a game or he did a concert in Fortnite. Oh, sorry, no, I did see that. And they have yeah, all yeah. the avatars, and they're all just fucking like going fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> like they're all doing fucking. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try and find a way to get you into Death Stranding. That's <laughs> yeah. that's my goal for 2020. Oh, churches are in it, actually, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they, and, did, they, and, they did a lead song. And the song, there's a, there's another lead song from it that I don't know who the artist is, but it's really fucking good. There's Bring Me the Horizon as well, which yeah. is a, for them it's quite a decent one. And then, yeah, and then you have those moments in the game as well where you are walking along and you're walking into this kind of vast nothingness. Yeah. And then a track comes in perfectly at the right yeah, time, and cool, you're like, oh my yeah. god, this is the most epic thing I've yeah. ever experienced. It's, ever. it's like one of them lonely walking simulators. That's what say. it is. Yeah, but I love that shit, man. I love that. I remember when I had Resident <laughs> Evil. I just used to like when when the area was cleared, I would just like wander around, <laughs> hang out. <laughs> just, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna need an update when you find play this game yeah. but for now thank you so much yeah man. thanks Cheers. dude thanks. appreciate thanks. it I was wrong I was wrong I was wrong I was wrong swanning around on the crest of the wave always destined to fail I was wrong I was wrong I was wrong I was wrong I 
Thank you very much, Richie. That was Jape. New album Sentinel is out now. Hey, man. Hope you enjoyed that interview. And finally this week, because we've no album, it's Songs of the Week, Craig. Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get straight into it with your selection, Dave. It's Grimes. called So Heavy I Fell Through the Earth. It is taken from her forthcoming record, which arrives in February. We're shaping up for some big releases in the first couple of months of next year. Uh, this is yeah. one of them, the highly anticipated. Kind of has Grimes done fell off, I think is the narrative on this one. She's released a song prior to this called Violence, which will be on the record. There was one before that, which was We Appreciate Power, which will not be on the record. Mm-hmm. And this one has come out in two forms. There's the algorithm mix and the art mix. And effectively, that's just a radio edit and a longer version. Um, I really, really like this song, but I can totally understand if somebody didn't. It's very kind of meandering. Uh, it doesn't have a lot to it. Yeah. Some of her vocals are in the Enya bracket. But I really enjoyed it. I found I thought it did exactly what it wanted to do. Well, I think if people are hoping for like Visions Part Two, they'll be pleased with this, right? It's more of a return to that kind of aesthetic. Um, I don't. You say meandering. I don't think there's much of a song there, but I very much kind of enjoyed the production. Where the drums, they felt a little weak to me. But I think overall, that kind of ethereal thing that Grimes can do really well is captured here. I think it's the opening track from the album, right? So. It seems like a good scene setter as opposed to a standalone single, I guess. At its best, it reminded me of that, like, slowed down 800 times Justin Bieber thing. Yeah, the baby song. <laughs> Which I love. I love yeah, that kind of celestial thing. And yeah, I mean, like, ultimately, if you want substance, it's lacking. But if you're willing for an atmospheric thing and she's just kind of swirling around you, it's great in that regard. I would I, I would contend that it's lightweight like in that in, in the other step, but like yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit and it makes me want to hear the album. Yeah. And Violence is a really good song as well. So like so far I think she's come back to some degree. I I think she's got a lot of goodwill to earn after a lot of well, annoying yeah. things and whatever the fuck and even Art Angels which I record that I do like I don't want that one again, you know? I mean I Yeah, but maybe different. I don't I don't know if I want this particularly. This feels like maybe a slight regression back into stuff that she's done previously i don't know we'll we'll wait and see it's been it was interesting i saw her um spotify bio has like been updated recently and it now reads or now finishes that she's now moving into the space of corporate surrealism and then it includes the lines she recently had experimental eye surgery only available to the upper class which is obviously traveling and she is putting out her final earth album this year yeah again i mean you know like you no. hang out with Elon Musk you're <laughs> yeah okay up next modest mouse yeah Come over. 
was the quite grim ice cream party um so we're getting an album quite soon from modest mouse the first in a while after they promised isaac brock promised me an immediate um, follow-up to their now 2015 last album um what year was that that he promised you this in 2015 so it was supposed to come out in 2016 and here we are um so this is the second track I think we're getting. We got a Record Store Day release, which felt a lot more straightforward and was nice. It was a nice return. Um, didn't really expect an album to follow so quickly. This is more intriguing to me and very good. It's very heavy. The subject matter is heavy. I think it's something quite special. It's got really good hooks to it. Yeah. Musically, it, it's gorgeous. Stayed in my head longer than I thought it would. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Modest Mouse. They're one of those bands that you kind of fell in with when Float On came out and, like, you know, Dashboard off the record that followed that. And for, they, yeah. for a brief period. They had a number one album in America, which is that's crazy. crazy to me. Yeah, like, At I, a time when you actually sold, you had to sell records. Like, you know? I, I briefly loved them in that kind of period. Then you go back and find some gems. But they're never a band that I fully understood. It's all a great tweet doing the rounds this week that was like some girl saying that she went on like a tinder date and she was with some guy and he was saying something like she gave him the aux cord and uh-huh. and, and he was like okay you know I get ready though the, this stuff is, is weird blow your mind. <laughs> this stuff is out there you know and it was flood on by modest man flood <laughs> on like, no yeah. wow a deep cut <laughs> um, but yeah like this is you know this is a story dealing with um someone that suffered from child abuse essentially yeah. and trying to process that and get over it Isaac and Brock goes have, to some very dark places yeah and he's he's been a troubled you know he's a troubled soul um, himself really good lyricist uh, Johnny Marr who was previously in the band said he's the greatest lyricist he's ever worked with at the time I was like are you just trolling Morrissey I don't know. He's, he's very he's good really up there. Yeah, he's great I like, um, like, I, well, Modest Mouse are great. They're great. I don't know are. what it is that I can't fully ever like conform to them or whatever the fuck the right term is. But this is a good song. It's good to hear. It's yeah. It really do much for me. That's I it. think it's promising. It's not something you would maybe listen to for pleasure because it's quite heavy, I guess. But yeah. I like that dark psychedelia and the kind of the musical hooks, as you say. So yeah, um, a good sign. Something that Craig never listens to for pleasure unless I'm unaware is Lewis Capaldi. Oh. <laughs> Back with a new track. It's called Before You Go. It kills me how your mind can make you feel so worthless. So before you go, was never the right time. Whenever you cold, went little by little by little until there was nothing at all. Our every moment, I started to replay. All I can think about is seeing that look on your face When you hurt under the surface Like troubled water running cold Released around the time that he's coming back to Ireland for a couple of gigs and then back here again for more gigs because he's the new Nile Rogers and Sheik. I've interviewed the band twice. He's lovely. <laughs> what do you think about his music? Yeah, he did some work with us as well, um, and work and just very accommodating dude, lovely. Oh, he'll salt do it. Yeah, 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 he'll do whatever you want. <laughs> um, he'll also give you a heartfelt ballad. I like it. I find it really, really intriguing how he can display such wit and kind of inventiveness in his everyday life, and then the songs are so lowest common denom- denominator. It's obviously working for him, but there's just. Like, even the title of his debut album, which was, like, divinely uninspired to a hellish extent, you're like, okay, this guy has got something about him, and then you've 
just such banal vanilla nothing songs. Sad ballads, yeah. Yeah, which this is from that well. And I do huge think, already, you know. I do think his big song is, is is a very good song. The problem is you just heard it two hundred million times. Yeah. I think for what it is, it nails that kind of vibe, like a code line all I want or whatever. Um yeah, this is generic, but that's what I thought it would be. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's an exercise for his voice. It's just like look, look what my voice can do. Yeah, he, you know, you know exactly when the gear shift is going to happen as well. You but can just telegraph it's, every it's, moment. It's radio, you know. It's like it's 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 uh, shop. What, what's the word? It's checkout heartbreak. You know, it's like you're lining up your groceries, and here they are. Like, yeah, and, and there's a place for that. You know, it's also kind of you know we're getting away just from pure relationship stuff into like this. There's been a real like strand of like empathy pop I think the last few years which Ed Sheeran loves mining of just being like I'm speaking to I guess mainly like the females in the audience saying listen it's okay that you feel like insecure and blah 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 just something weird about that to me like I don't I'm not a big fan of those listen I'm the person that is going to tell you that actually you're okay it's just like, yeah, I know I'm okay. Take I don't know if that's sure. new. I don't know if Ed Sheeran birthed that. I think. But it seems to be around a lot, right? Okay. Doesn't it? Do you know? Do Does you have, it? I don't know. It feels, it feels like it goes back to that one direction, like that's what makes you beautiful, kind of insidious. You don't even realize how beautiful you are. <laughs> I, I'm not sure he's entirely doing it, but just the lyric in this there where is it's that, like, uh, um, kills me how your mind can make you feel so worthless kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. There is that uh, that Westlife lyric on like one of their Ed Sheeran uh, of course. written songs where, 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 where it's something like, it's something like, I can't remember what the reference is, but it basically refers to like someone who's put on a bit of weight or something. Oh, jeez. And it's like, oh, but you're still really good looking. Like, it's just like, fuck, fuck off. off. Go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. The Lewis Capaldi thing, will he ever tap into his natural personality and do something interesting, do you reckon? Musically? Yeah. No. No. Maybe. I can't think of anyone else that's in that vein of just like, why is he doing this? What do you mean? Maybe James Blunt, where he's like mad, witty, and acerbic on Twitter, and then he just does really bland music do you know what i mean like that there's not too many big characters that have just completely underwhelming music harry styles but he doesn't really write his own stuff like does he he's a different and his music has a bit of a joie de vivre yeah do you know what i mean it's just not very good no all right all right (laughs) great great (laughs) songs of the week this week uh what else you listen to um well i've been listening to the mountain goats um you you're not a fan uh, if people out there are not fans but maybe you want to check them out I say the Sunset Trees the album to get into um, they're a bit marmitey. Um I did enjoy that show because I was standing just behind um, Carlo Maliojo a friend of the show and he was having a bit of a moment which was always which is always a lovely thing to see seeing a Drew Carlo filter so that warmed my heart um, what else have I been listening to I don't know Guided by Voices <laughs> what have you been listening to? I listened to Kalela's "Take Me Apart" record from two oh, years ago. So good, fantastic! It Do was you a, still rue it not being our album. Of the I year? still think it should have won album of the year. Yeah, and you're like, it's Kendrick, Dave. <laughs> Hold on, I believe that was Colm that would have said it that way. You're both like that. I don't know, but ultimately, I I think it should have been our album of the year. I think it would have been a bolder statement. Terrific album. Uh, absolutely phenomenal holds yeah. up haven't heard in a while very good companion piece to the FK Twigs album I felt and also listened to the Michael Kuanuka album quite a bit over the weekend that is so good it's a fucking great so record yeah it's fantastic yeah. Isn't it? it really is brilliant what a step up from the man it really yeah. fucking is yeah oh he's great like it's a hell of a record yeah. and I think you know it's it's that thing of like I think the second half of the year has, has been good for putting albums in the conversation which we'll be having soon of course mm-hmm. uh, yeah I listened to those until I worked on the weekend and they were kind of good com- good accompaniment I guess and uh, I gave the script album Go. oh yeah it's really badly produced like they really produce they it. produce everything they do yeah no but they've worked with producers before because they made the point on this one that they were like hang on what are we doing wasting time with these producers i've got mark sheehan here he can do he's a genius 
it sounds turns out. <laughs> it sounds really bad. Like I mean, in terms of like, it's just the production sound on it is garbage, and the songs are exactly what you think they would be. Do you, okay, do you mean like it's weirdly mastered, and mixed, or just yeah, kind of yeah. choices? Okay, right. Yeah, uh, but then the songs are just like very treacly as well. Okay, so, yeah, no, it's, um, so you're saying sonically it's bad as yeah, music. <laughs> I am. Yeah, and like uh, re- of course the reason I did this was after the interview I did with yeah, Danny recently. Great. So I felt the best like, thing to come out of the whole album's like. I, well, you know, I'm glad. I felt like I had to follow it up, and so I did, and I was just like, nah. I'm sorry, man. I just I can't. This isn't good music. Yeah. Sorry, but if they ever want to come to the show, and yeah, give of us course. A few quotes. Like, like, they're good value. This is the thing. I don't like Dublin lads done good. I, I don't agree with this thing of like, oh, you must be a fan of a thing or love a thing to talk to the thing. Like people who've made them. Like I've criticized Blind Boy from Robanus before a bunch, and I interviewed him, and he was very sound, and it was good interview, and I'm looking forward to writing it up. Yeah. Don't, do I agree with everything he does and says? No. But does that matter? No, it fucking doesn't. It'd be really boring if I did. Yeah. You know. And with the script, like yeah, like you make music that I think is pretty shit. But I do like the man who can't be moved, Craig. They've they've like a handful of songs that you're like, yeah, that's yeah, that's fine. That's kind of the way it goes, you know. It is like you it's know, know the thrills. The way but, uh, it, goes. <laughs> it is what it is. Know the thrills. They know the thrills. They're not. I miss those guys. Okay, there's no ep- Hal, but yeah. <laughs> uh, last week's episode, I erroneously said was engineered by Eve Murray. It wasn't. She was away, and I didn't realize. So thank you very much to Connor Reed for stepping in and saving us. And um, that's why the episode was a bit late last Friday. As for this one, it will be edited by Eve Marie, I think. So thanks, Eve. Thanks, Eve. We love you. <laughs> Much love. Welcome back. We uh, think <laughs> you chose our exit music this week, Craig. Yeah, um, this is the new one from Delush. Uh, it's called "The Greatest Gift." Um, Delush being in the gallery um, from my neck of the woods, um, and also he was based in Berlin for a while. He's back now. This is him teaming up with um, Tulu um, Mackay, I believe. It is. Um, however you pronounce it, I'm sure I'm mangling it, and I apologise. She's got a tremendous voice, as you'll hear in a moment. Uh, this seems to be kind of picking up speed online. If you kind of like minimalistic, spiritual tunes, this will... I mean, it's not that minimalistic because there's a choir on it. <laughs> <laughs> but until that point, it is. Um, it's a nice tune. I very much like it. We're checking out the video as well, which comes from Collective Dublin. Um, so yeah, this is The Greatest Gift. See ya.
Connect me again to my heart. Connect me with everything. Angelic, psychedelic. A feeling inside me, a love unconditional. Feeling inside me, a love so powerful. Feeling a love so total that the goodness is hard to bear. Podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Competition never waits. Take your gear on the go with a custom pack built to protect it. Because any place can be an arena. Game on. The Tumi Esports Capsule. Available on Tumi.com and select Tumi stores. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.